Hello, you're listening to the Co-Create Work podcast with Lakita Williams and Chloe Anderson. At Co-Create Work, we help leaders just like you build companies that change lives. Each week on this podcast, we talk all things leadership, personal development, well-being, lifestyle, and creating the capacity it takes to build a great company with more ease and alignment. Welcome to the Co-Create Work podcast. Hello, co-creators. Welcome to the Co-Create Work Podcast. And this week we are talking all things well-being. And I have to start with saying I am so excited to be back to the pod, to be speaking with Chloe on the pod. I've been listening. She did a fabulous job while I was out. And I'm so happy to be here and back reconnected with you all. Yes. And I am just going to say, I am so happy you're back also. (laughs) Solo podcasting, not for the faint of heart. (laughs) But you nailed it. So (laughs) (laughs) got it done. Uh, And so I, as Chloe may have shared already, or I believe you did share, uh, I spent a couple of weeks in Europe. I was in Florence for a retreat around book writing. So more more to come there from the Co-Creator yes, team yes. and from me. And then the second half, I was in Lisbon and it was just a vacation and it was fabulous. We had the most wonderful time. So many adventures, so much fun drama that I'll have to share <laughs> At another time, maybe in a newsletter. So get on our email list. <laughs> yes. And um, tons of creativity and new ideas, which is one of the things that I think is so valuable about taking time off and traveling. Not that you have to have that as an outcome, but I feel like it comes naturally. I think it definitely does. I think when your brain, like when you're in a different space, different environment, you're noticing different things, you have space too, because you're just doing things differently. So I think it is a natural consequence of any of those types of experiences. Yes, yes. And it felt so good. So I have been back and brainstorming in partnership with Chloe and the rest of our team about all the things that are to come, but in a very calm and grounded way. Yes. (laughs) So not coming in hot with a whole bunch of new ideas, flipping everything upside down, but really in a shared way. And the reason that that is the case is because it's really intentional with our team and how we do business. So one of our core practices especially this year has been about keeping things calm. Nothing has to be an emergency. Nothing has to be a rush. You know, if you have interacted with co-create work, you know that our focus on customer delivery and client satisfaction is top tier. And that can be done in a really calm and grounded way. So we have folded right back into that, even with all these new ideas. Yes. And I love that. It also reminds me of our conversation back with Jada around that dream bank, right? It's like, there's new ideas that are going to be helpful right now. And there's new ideas that we have that are kind of sitting there that are like, okay, we're going to get to that. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. In Jada's episode, she shared like, make space for those things and put them in their proper place. And that is a really great practice as you think about calmness as you think about well-being, which we're going to talk about today. I think it's important to name 
you know, why well-being? So at the top of the year, if you all remember or listen to the sabbatical episode, the word of the year for myself that I selected was wellness. And wellness was really critical. As you know, if you listen to the podcast, I manage a chronic illness, I manage MS and wellness and really having a deep focus and practices on that were really, really important to me as I continue to move forward. Uh, I've only been diagnosed for two years. And so it takes a bit of practice when you're going through a situation like a diagnosis. So wellness was a, a top priority. And when I came back, again, it allows space for creativity and openness. As a team, one of the things we brought in is said, okay, let's talk about well-being. So as we move forward, wellness is my word of the year. And as a company, we decided well-being was our word of the year. And so we have really been focused and committed to what well-being looks like in practice as an organization and how we think about that with our clients as well. And I have really appreciated that well-being approach, especially because it's so holistic as we think about just how we show up at work, how we're able to show up with our clients, what we're able to do, and also how that all is balanced in the context of us being whole people. Absolutely. And I remember maybe a few weeks after we implemented this as the as the word of the year for the company, our project manager, Vanessa, who you all have also heard from, um, I was apologizing because I was kind of running in fast with something for a client. And she said, hey, it's all good. Our focus is well-being. And so we need to have well-being for ourselves, which means grace and space, which I thought was just so powerful. So two things there in naming and being clear as a team with your team, we can all you know, kind of be rowing in the same direction. Uh, and there is such a power in stating and then, uh, you know, naming a word of the year uh, and communicating with that, that what your team is really powerful as well. So we would love for you to just maybe even think about the word well-being. That's something that came up for me, Chloe. Uh, and it always makes me smile because well-being, I've seen it written all different ways as one word with a hyphenated, yes. <laughs> and we've been using it hyphenated. And I love that because it gives a pause in the word. So it's like, hey, are you well? And then are you in a state and a space of being? And I think that's such a powerful way to think about well-being that even in the word, it gives you some pause. Now, I know it might be some English folks listening and they're like, it's a reason for that. Send that our way. Uh, <laughs> but I love uh, the hyphenation in that word because it actually slows me down as I think about it and helps me think about both aspects of the word. Well, and I think what you just named too is part of that being is is presence, right? Yes. Being present. And that is so important for our overall like well-being, right? It's in the word, but wellness, health, like all of those things is that ability to be. Yes, 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 yes. And we talk about this in our work all the time with clients of, you know, how do you go from doing to being and how often do you make space to be? Uh, and 
building that as a practice. So it is perfect selection for us. And we encourage you to write out well-being and start to think about that for yourself. And it might be helpful for folks to think about some of the inputs to well-being as well. So when we think about, hey, what what does the definition of well-being mean? It has so many things that that are included. It includes our mental and emotional health, our physical health, our work, our sense of purpose, social well-being, right? There is currently an epidemic of loneliness and isolation. Surgeon General's report. Yeah, just came out. Um, Financial or economic well-being, all of those things are critical and impact our overall well-being. They all take part in that. Absolutely. And so if you even, uh, as you list, as you're listening, take the opportunity to write each of those down and maybe just do a rating for yourself. And if you find that a lot of the numbers are lower than where you would like them to be, that's okay. I think we're, we're going to share some things in this episode that'll help, but at least you know where you're starting from. And your goal isn't to go from a one to a five. It's to go from a one to a two, right? Yes. That yes. we are taking small steps that ultimately will have a big impact. Well, and if you are, as we know, right, if you're a founder, you've got this purpose, you've got this desire to put something out in the world, there's a level of achievement in that, right? Like you're going to go, you're going to do. And what we don't want this to turn into is another thing to do that feels heavy, (laughs) that actually diminishes your well-being. So to Lakita's point, we're going from a one to a two, maybe it's a one to a 1.5, right? It's it's that incremental progress. It's those habits that we want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And it's okay if we're starting small, you know, at the end of last year, there would have been so many of these categories where I would have been extremely low in. And by noticing that and making the choice to say, hey, I'm going to really work as work on my wellness as a company, we're going to work on well-being, then that has allowed me to move the needle. So Just a reminder, no shame in that, but to help you understand where you are and where you might want to go, I think is really valuable. Yes. So Lakita, you were talking about the things that you've focused on. And as I have thought about well-being since we put this word into place, I've been doing a lot of research on rest, which also was part of our wellness challenge that happened this past week. We talked about rest and I am pretty good at taking some time for physical rest. I am not very good at mental rest. It's not. Mm. So that's been something I've been working on, which, and it's so interesting because I was just in researching, saw this data around our brains, which is our brains are 2% of our body mass, but they take up 20% of our energy. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah. right. So if we're not thinking about when we think about well-being and we think about the mental side of well-being, if we're not thinking about how are we resting our brains, like we've got to be doing that. That's got to be part of what we do. And it is so hard to do for me. Yes. Giving my brain (laughs) a break, letting it take some downtime. Not one of my skill sets. 
Absolutely. And as someone who manages a chronic illness that deals with the neurological pieces of the body, this resonates a lot. It's still shocking that it takes up 20% of our energy as even as I see it. And I know that from feeling it, right? So everything from you are taking in information, constantly processing, you are negotiating, you are thinking of ideas. Stress is another area that has an impact on the brain. Um, that shows up quite a bit when you uh, talk about neurological diseases as well. So it's a sh- it's a shocking statistic, and I hope that it highlights for us how vital it is for us to think about well being from a all the way wraparound perspective, and not just one thing like physical rest. Yes. Well, and as you're talking about like stress overall, and we're going to get into a bit more both for you as a leader thinking about well-being and also for your team, is that those things that take up space that you worry about, that's that's mental load, right? In terms of your brain. And that's energy that's being used that's not being used in other ways because you've got to use it for that. So part of well-being is figuring out how do we ensure that we have the space and the focus that we want to have and we're not having to be stressed out about things that we could solve for. Yeah. And there are so many things that we can with intention and with a plan when we reject the idea that the status quo is stress. The status quo is that we need to, you know, it's always a pushing and a pulling or a hustle. Yeah. All of the things when we say, hey, we are actually going to embrace a different way and we can create the types of environments where people can have true well-being and the opportunity to thrive. And we, within our work, we talk about culture and of course, things like belonging, inclusion, diversity, and equity are all linked to culture and they're all linked to well-being as well. And so when we talk about overall well-being for your organization, well-being for you as the leader, we're bringing in those elements of culture, of systems, of diversity, equity, and inclusion, of belonging. They all are inextricably linked. Great. Okay. I think we've, I think hopefully we've laid the foundation for why this is so important, right? (laughs) We're beating the table over here. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) In a calm way. (laughs) In a calm way. (laughs) So, So with that, Chloe, let's talk about some of those practices. So first, we want to talk about some practices that you as a leader can implement as you think about well-being. And the very first thing here is to understand that this should be a priority. I will even go so far as to name that it's a non-negotiable to think about your well-being and to build a plan for your well-being. What we know, and we're going to talk about some areas for your team. But what we know is that if you aren't doing this well, it is bringing down the level of well-being for others. And so we want you to do it for that reason. And you are a whole human being having a whole experience and well-being should be a priority for you. And we want to encourage you to make that happen. So the very first thing is I want you to name it as a priority for yourself. Pull out those journals 
if you're like me, you have sticky notes on your desk, pull out that sticky note and write, well-being is a priority. And let's use that as an affirmation. Yes, I absolutely love that. And this is something with our coaching clients that we do with them is this vision exercise, which includes all of these areas, because even if someone is coming to us for coaching in a very specific space, this all impacts that. And you've got to have a vision and an idea of like, what does well-being look and feel like for me? Because it's different for different people. And then you got to prioritize that to your point. It's got to be something that you focus on. Yeah, absolutely. And so hopefully this serves as a visual cue for yourself, writing it down helps to kind of embed it in the body. And then you can begin to have that intention of building a practice. So the next thing here is to build in time and space in your schedule to consider both wellness and being. Uh, So we, as Chloe mentioned, we had our well-being challenge last week. If you miss that challenge, we're going to talk about some ways that you can get involved coming up. Um, but one of the things that was a priority for us in that challenge is for people to identify areas and space, like building things into your calendar, making sure you make time to do it for you to build well-being practices in. And if you go back to my reels on my Instagram account for follow Chloe on Instagram. Yes, follow me on Instagram. For Wednesday, I posted a little bit about the space that I sit in and what I see when I take rest breaks because I'll take those breaks during the day. And for me, having a space that's dedicated to that, to me, just having some downtime has been really helpful because it helps me just be in a different space mindset overall. So when you're thinking about building in time and space, sometimes that is also what's the physical space for you. Yes, absolutely. And if you all don't know, I'm a Taurus. uh, And that means we love beautiful things. So (laughs) creating, (laughs) creating beautiful space is really powerful. So things that bring you comfort and joy, plants, flowers can be really impactful and it helps to encourage you to take a break. Stepping outside is another thing that's really powerful. And if you find sometimes you can just go meet in to meet in to meet in and not realize that you haven't taken a break. So really build in those buffers in your schedule. If you need support, work with your operations, people, team leads, assistant to help you build that in as a practice for your schedule. And we're going to talk about this for your team too, but even look at your, you know, work with your team members and ask them, have they built in this type of space on their calendars as well? That way it's not isolation. You all are doing it in community, which has such a big impact on how we actually get things done. Yes. Perfect. And then we want to just tell you to recognize the areas of well-being that are important for you. And we listed some of those areas so you can look at each of those. And we, and we talked about doing just an initial review for yourself as a practice. So if you haven't done that, do that. And finally, understand that two things, doing work that matters 
has a big impact on your well-being. So at Co-Create Work, one of the things our very first component of culture is shared purpose. And that purpose is for you as well. So if you are feeling disconnected, then you need to do some work there to come back to those pieces. And secondly, having systems in place overall contribute to better well-being. This is one of the biggest challenges that we see folks have. Absolutely. They, they are sharing with us, I am overwhelmed. I am burnt out. You know, I feel disconnected. And a thing that is not happening is they're not making space to build systems that would then help them feel better. And it's really interesting because we know how to get to the root cause of a lot of things as leaders, like, hey, your sales down, let's get to the root cause, right? And, you know, have have things changed with our marketing, let's get to the root cause. So we want to say the same thing here. It is not a normal state in your business for you to feel like I feel unwell, I feel disconnected, I feel burnt out. We go through sprints for sure. But if you're consistently feeling this way, something needs to change and there is a root cause issue. And typically it's because there are not systems in place that will contribute to your well-being. And sometimes those are big systems like a lack of project management or a lack of enough team members. And sometimes there are small things like I'm not managing my calendar in a way that's most effective for me, or we don't have the right type of um, reward systems. All, all of those things have an impact. Start small, but start somewhere. Well, and I was just going to say, going back to that scheduling piece, that's a very small system, but for instance, my Calendly links, those links that people can use on their own. So I'm not making the choice around my meetings. This is when other people are scheduling. I build in so people can't have meetings within 15 minutes of each other because I want to make sure I have space and time to both integrate, prepare for, et cetera, that meeting, but also so that it is not like this back-to-back rush. Again, giving like myself time for my brain to like rest a little bit contributing to that well-being. So that's a really simple system, but simple systems work. Go for it, right? (laughs) They do. They work. Systems work. Intentions, not so much. (laughs) And I love that you named that as a system because there are so many things that happen within the context of our organization that we don't think of as a system. You know, we had uh, had a conversation with a client and they were talking about a team meeting that they pulled together and the creation of their values and their principles and how much energy and forward movement that gave other members of the team. So we definitely list things like the shared purpose of your organization, your mission, and your values or principles as systems. And so when you go through and you are intentional, you are definitely slowing down to speed up. I hesitate to call it slowing down because it is really just making intentional space for things that are going to make a huge difference. Well, and I think I would call it, you're 
then operating at a sustainable and calm pace to support your business. Come on, sustainability. Right. I love it. Yes. 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 Okay. And that's a perfect segue, Lakita, into well-being for your team, right? Those systems for your business are so critical for your team well-being. So I'm going to actually start with one of those systems being working agreements, how we work with one another and what that looks like. And this is something we do with clients all the time is thinking about what are our working agreements? How do we operate? How do we work with one another? Because A, having that shared understanding creates clarity and clarity creates calm. Yes. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is it gives us boundaries around things. And it allows us to say, this is out of line with our working agreements. And it it gives us that opportunity. And making sure as you're thinking about those working agreements that you have with your team, that you're thinking about well-being as part of those working agreements. Absolutely. And building that in. Yes. Mm -hmm. Really critical Mm -hmm. to well-being. And as we're thinking about working agreements at Co-Create Work, and Lakita, you mentioned earlier, Vanessa talking about like, grace. Grace is one of our principles. It's one of our working agreements that we have here. And that hugely impacts our well-being, right? Is that reminder to have grace for ourselves. And it's just important in the work. But those those are the types of principles, working agreements, values that really can contribute to w- the well-being of the overall team and how we operate together. And as we consider those working agreements, And this is one aspect of our five components of inclusive culture, flexibility and autonomy for your team members. So as you're building working agreements, as you're thinking about those, you need to be thinking about what does that flexibility and autonomy look like for your team members so that they have the level of control and space that they need to take care of themselves also, to work in the ways that work best for them, to show up in the ways that make sense for them, still getting the work done always, like that's never a question, but getting the work done in a sustainable and calm way. So having that flexibility and autonomy is so important for well-being overall. And flexibility and autonomy is one of those things that you do have to be really intentional about building. So as Chloe mentioned, having it as part of your working agreements, aka principles, aka values, is a really important part. And what we know is that when people are able to take care of themselves, do the things that they need to do for their family, they have better well-being and ultimately they have better outcomes. So the Surgeon General Report on Workplace Mental Health and Well-Being actually lists flexibility and autonomy as one of their main components for great workplaces and for the mental health and well-being of individuals. I mean, they probably got it from us, but I'm just going (laughs) to add that it is there and it highlights how critical that is for folks. If you need to have an appointment, if you want to try a new idea, you know, we have first taking care of your family and secondly, building your confidence in those two, two examples. How important is that to how you feel as an individual is critical. So important. And for as you're thinking about well-being for your team, another thing we want to name is role clarity. Chloe, you said a quote earlier. I hope you remember it. It was like, 
clarity brings calm. Clear is calm. Clarity is clarity calm. Is I- calm. Listen, you're just a genius. <laughs> but role clarity is critical for well-being. When roles are unclear, folks are not clear about If it's their role to do, if it's their job to do, should someone else be doing it? That also creates miscommunication and blaming. So we have a practice that at Co-Create Work, anyone can do anything. We will never let a client, an organization, a partner go without because someone is saying this is not my role. However, 99% of the time we're going to work within um, what we have outlined for our individual roles for the sake of clarity, for the sake of shared communication. And it's really powerful. So if you don't have that right now, or you see where folks are rubbing up against each other because folks are unclear on who should be doing what, or as a leader, you're jumping in on things that you should not be jumping in on because it's not within the context of your role, then we want you to stop that, clarify those roles, and it's going to positively benefit your well-being and the well-being of your team. And in addition to that, with the overall well-being that comes with clarity, you also reduce duplicative work. You also reduce the stress of things being dropped because no one's sure who does own it, right? So there, the stress levels that happen there, the impact on your well-being, I, I think we don't always connect those dots really well. And they are such big contributors to our well-being. Totally. And that for me, that highlights a bit of back to the mental load piece, which is that you, you are spending brain power and time on things that you actually don't have to or need to be involved with. Yes. And then that also contributes, right? That role clarity is a way to build trust on the team also. Not the only way, there's lots of things that contribute to trust, but I want to talk about trust on the team and having that trust because that, I don't know if you've actually, I know Lakita, both of us, because we've we've talked about this, have been in situations where we've been on low trust teams and mm-hmm. the amount that that impacts your well-being is, right? It's huge. It is huge. So taking time to build trust. And there's lots of different things that contribute to that trust, role clarity, working agreements, all of those, you know, there's so many things, but building trust on the team and making sure that you do have that trust with one another is a huge factor in well-being for your team and how it feels for them to show up at work, how it feels for them to be in partnership with others, right? That trust makes such a such a difference when it comes to well-being. Absolutely, it's critical. And with that trust, one of the big benefits of trust and which comes first, belonging or trust, they go together, but is that belonging piece. We are social creatures. We spend a lot of our hours every day working. And so making sure that we have that belonging, social connection, community at work, we're not a family. We're never gonna say we're a family. And we are in community with one another at work. Absolutely. And so that's an important aspect of our well-being also is feeling like we are connected to one another, that we do belong, that we do have that community. 
Yes. And uh, we, you know, are very aware that there is are, you know, a bit of pushback even around this idea of community. And that's okay, because we're happy to push just right back. Yeah. Because work is, is not family, but work and working with other folks, having partnership is community and community has agreements, community that is done correctly has a space for belonging. And we need that sort of partnership to work together effectively. And it contributes to our well-being in a positive way. As we, Chloe mentioned earlier, the Surgeon General has a, a new report on isolation and this piece of social connection is important to that. And if that is missing, then we are negatively impacted. So there are some messages out there that like work doesn't need to be anything to you. And we frankly believe that's incorrect. And as someone who is a is, is trained as a social worker, I will further confirm that that is incorrect. And it doesn't matter what the work is. I mean, I worked in retail sales for a while. Yeah, It was not my purpose, but you better believe it was important to me that I felt like I felt good going into work. I didn't dread going into work because of my coworkers, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's impactful. It's critical. Okay. We've got just a couple more things. We know it's a lot. Really, everything contributes to well-being. <laughs> uh, we just want to highlight a few more things. So the next thing is support for how your team members do their job and their individual growth and development. So making sure that there is support, that there's conversation, that there's training, whatever it is available to ensure that team members feel like they're able to do their job, they're learning to do their job at the next level, they're growing, their development, this all contributes to individual well-being. Yes, we we have quite a few conversations with not only leaders, but also team members. And the impact of learning and development, picking up new skills, um, trying new strategies, connecting to the business in new and different ways is so important to individuals. And that means you need to have a plan and a strategy for growth and development. It doesn't mean that every you know few months it needs to be a promotion. What we're talking about is individuals' opportunity to try new things, to learn, to expand their area of, um, com- you know, what feels comfortable and what they want to try next. So prioritizing that contributes to well-being. And the last thing we want to mention here is your policies around leave and time off. So you want to really make sure that you're considering what those policies look like. Are they equitable? Are they clear? Do people feel like they have the ability to use that time? What does all of that look like? So just take a minute to think about that and what those policies look like, how they're communicated. I'm also going to say that policies like you can have as much time off as you want might feel like they are contributing to well-being, but if you are not putting into place practices around expectations like you should be taking at least this much time off, they are not going to result in what you think they're going to result in. They are going to result in team members 
feeling nervous to take time off, feeling worried about it. It will not feel equitable. So I'm just going to say right now, we don't we don't agree with that as a policy if you haven't created a really intentional system behind it. Yeah, absolutely. And it goes back to your piece about clarity and being really, really clear. What may be more helpful is having a generous leave policy uh, that folks can access regardless of level. And it's really clear and folks can use that as they need to use it. So as we, as, as Chloe mentioned, you know, it is critical for us to have a lot of clarity, for it to be a lot of trust, and for us to put the type of policies in place that support people being able to take time off and do what they need to do to care for themselves, to just relax, to enjoy, um, because it is critical to us as human beings and our well-being. Absolutely. And I think that's everything. And it's a lot. lot. We will include, (laughs) we will include bullet points in the show notes because we do know it's a lot. So I will make sure that we've got some detailed show notes there for you, for you to refer back to. I know it's so good, but it, I, I think it's so helpful for us to begin to have a conversation and share more details about well-being and the steps that you can take to put it in place for you, for your team for your community and the ways that we can apply that. Because when we are all coming from a place of um, being well, caring for ourselves, it creates a better community. So just encouraging you to listen to this episode. If you need to listen twice, listen twice, identify a couple of things that you can put into practice do that and then come back and see what else you can put into place. Also, next week's episode, we'll be talking about our breath framework that will also support you for well-being and give you some really intentional practices that you can put in place. So, And with that, also, we will talk about how you can, if you missed our Leadership Wellbeing Challenge last week. We'll talk about how you can get access to some of those resources. Get access. Yes, because yes. we have some steps. I, The five days that we did that challenge and practice, because, you know, I'm a, a bit of a well-being warrior, took my well-being even to the next level. So we want to make sure that folks who weren't involved in the challenge can still access that information. And so we're going to make that available as well. And as always... Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for spending time with us today. For any resources referenced during today's episode, you can find that information in our show notes at cocreatework.com slash podcast. You can also connect with us on Instagram at cocreatework. If you have any questions about this episode or transforming the future of work, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at cocreatework.com. And if you'd like a little weekly love in your inbox, subscribe to our mailing list and get our guide to 40 powerful questions to accelerate your growth. The link is in the show notes. Finally, we want more leaders like you joining us each week. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Co-Create Work podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.